everyone. Welcome back to Top 5, brought to you by Define Talent, a Define Logic service. We are a results-driven service, working with clients to connect them with quality talent, as well as working to make an impact within the recruiting industry. We talk straight about today's professional world with real-world professionals, experts in recruitment, job seekers, and business owners alike. Have a question for us? Send it in, and you might spur our next conversation. I'm Tara Thurber, Director of Talent Innovation, and joining me today to, to discuss their top five tips towards embracing accessibility is Brian Londrigan, Accessibility Services Manager, and Diana Alonzo, Accessibility Coordinator from our very own Define Logic team. Hey guys, how are you today? Hey Tara, doing hey, Tara. well, how about you? Doing good, doing good on this sunny morning. Thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. I'm very excited um, to just kind of dive in here and let's embrace accessibility. Um, talk it. to me. Talk to me a little <laughs> bit from from the get go, you guys. What is accessibility? Accessibility is about enabling access for people with disabilities or special needs. Uh, when we talk about web accessibility, we mean that websites, web apps, tools, tech—they're all designed and developed so that people with disabilities can use them. Awesome. And then, you know, Brian, how did you become interested in accessibility? So it's by chance, to be honest. Uh, years ago, working at a different tech company, we had a client write in asking us if our software supported screen readers. And my boss asked me to take a look. Mm -hmm. I knew nothing about screen readers at the time. It was really my first exposure to how people who are blind use the web. So I closed my eyes and tried to interact with the page using a screen reader. And I was blown away at how difficult it was. But then I was equally blown away when I realized that people put in so much time and effort to become pros at using the software. And they do become pros. And despite the disability, they can use the web again. Right. But all of that goes out the window when they hit a poorly coded website. So for me, uh, focusing on accessibility meant that I can do my part to help out with that. And it's also just good engineering work. It can be a real challenge to find the best solution that works for the most people with, without drastically changing the look and feel or, or functionality requirements. Um, so it's problem solving at its finest. I love that. Why is it important to you? It's you're you're helping out. You're you're helping someone who who doesn't have, you know, that that same access as you do. I think that's extremely important, especially to in in today's world overall. It's important to make sure from the from the get-go to be digitally accessible for everybody, all inclusive and really make sure that all digital documents, you know, in this world of being virtual, right? It's it's so important for everybody to have that access and and to be able to be a part. So that's I, I love that this is important, and I love that this is something that is really spearheading new growth and new ways for companies to really create inclusivity as well. Definitely. Yeah. Why do you go ahead, Diana? 
I was just going to say, like, I think a really interesting way of looking at it is that people aren't just disabled by their actual disability, but rather by the lack of accessibility in the physical and like virtual world around them. So it's just it's just an interesting way of just looking at the world and making a change for the better. I love that. Why do you think website accessibility is becoming even more prevalent prevalent over time? So I have a two-part answer for this one. Yeah. There's the more optimistic take and then there's the more pessimistic take. Um, I'll, I'll start with the pessimistic <laughs> take so we could end on a high note. Great. Uh, so it has to do with the rapid increase in lawsuits. Yeah. Year after year, we're seeing more and more ADA lawsuits being filed. Uh, if, it, if it leads to better web accessibility, then you know, ultimately it's a good thing. Um, but it's unfortunate that that's what it takes for change uh, because it's change for the wrong reasons. Um, I think these lawsuits are being perceived as frivolous or ambulance chasing. So it gives businesses the impression that accessibility is this burden, uh, but it's not. It's it's a responsibility. It's a call to action. It's an opportunity to do the right thing. And it's something companies should have been focusing on years ago. The glass half full take is that I think a lot of companies are becoming more cognizant about inclusivity. Yeah. In our culture lately, there's been a real push towards being inclusive. Companies don't want to leave anyone out of the conversation, which is awesome. You're right. And I think not leaving anybody out and making sure that it does expand is is definitely uh, a, a high note there. Um, the legalities of it, you know, it is sad that it's, you know, companies aren't becoming accessible until legalities get involved. Whereas, you know, starting from right out of the gate, it's, it's going to be really important for businesses to launch while being digitally accessible. Um, and then for companies to utilize this as an opportunity to make a change, to make, you know, make enhancements in their websites, make enhancements in their documents and looking at it from a positive aspect and, and where there's opportunity and where there's change and embracing that. Yeah, definitely. You know, you'd, you'd like to see, you know, companies are getting ahead of it um, and they're, they're doing it because it's the right thing to do you know, not that they're being forced to, right? but sometimes it's just, you know, you don't really, you don't really know about it. You didn't think about it. So. Yeah. And I think also the fact that, you know, the world has really transitioned from being in an office space where if there were some sort of a disability, you know, it could be more manageable, but now that everyone's working from home, companies have had to like really open their eyes to the fact that even at home, people might be facing some challenges that they didn't even consider. Well, they were in the office. So, you know, I think this new COVID era has really shifted the way that we look at our digital assets overall. Yeah. And what, what happens when a website isn't accessible? How do you, how do you as, as whether you're the developer, the creator, what happens when it's not accessible? Well, essentially, Tara, you're just um, excluding your customer base. Uh, There's a lot that you're shutting out when your website isn't accessible, and it's really hard to get those customers back in and win their trust. Um, You know, when you're 
looking at a website from the perspective of it's shiny, it's pretty, it's doing all the right things. And then you fail to comply with the fact that, you know, that video might be giving someone a seizure or that color contrast is just not something that most people can see. You're really just excluding so much of your population and really narrowing down your customer base. And essentially you're losing money. Um, So when, as as a business, and this is kind of a segue out, but as a business owner or somebody that's creating anything digital, are there checkpoints or, or, or a checklist or key things that they should really think about before they start? Or if they're looking at their digital assets now, something that they can go to, to figure out if they're accessible or not? Yeah, there are guidelines out there. There's yeah. best practices that they can, you know, refer to. Uh, the The go to is uh, WCAG, which was okay. developed by the W3C. Okay. Now, there's a lot to consider. I mean, WCAG has 78 total success criteria to test for, uh, so it's a lot. Um, but I mean, you know, there's some easy things to check for. Um, you know, Diana mentioned color contrast. If you're using a, a light gray on on white, you know, color scheme, right. um, that might not be working for everyone. Right. Um, UI controls, they should be operated using the keyboard. And as you move around the page, the focus should be visible. Uh, another common one is assistive tech like screen readers. Um, they can't interpret non-text content like images, so you should be using alt text. Videos and podcasts should have captions or transcripts. Uh, if you're using a form on your site, you know, make sure that you provided instructions and error suggestions. Even something like consistency throughout all your web pages. Um, that's going to help the visually impaired and it's going to help people with learning disorders. Completely understandable. And when companies um, are not accessible, are there are are the consequences both legal, as you had mentioned, and with customer base. Absolutely, um, you know something something that we kind of came across while researching is that the spike of ADA lawsuits are at an all time high. I think between twenty nineteen and twenty twenty, there was a twenty three percent increase in lawsuits, um, and it's it's really eye opening when you consider accessibility as a whole. Uh, I believe the numbers right now is over 1 billion people in this world right now have some sort of an accessibility issue. So, you know, when, when companies try and focus on not only doing the right thing, but making sure that their customers are being heard, you know, everyone essentially wins. Right. (laughs) You know, but it seems, it also seems that it can be daunting for companies to, that are maybe not accessible and then having to become accessible. And like we had said before, there's really a a positive that's coming out of it and we can look at it as an opportunity. Um, You know, and and looking at that, I I feel is, it should be as important as business development because as much as you're going out, you wanna make sure that, I mean, where essentially you could be losing. Yeah clients at this point, if you're not fully accessible. 
Yeah, and I think another important thing to consider is the fact that accessibility isn't just like a one and done. Um, right. It's something that you have to work towards and you have to maintain. Um, you know, there's a bunch of accessibility scanning tools out there that's going to give you some sort of a report card number and say, hey, your website passed. But in reality, you need someone like a Brian to go back in and check everything on your website and, you know, just do some manual testing to know that. In fact, you are accessible. Don't just go by the number and just build it into, you know, your business strategy because it's something that is going to be a continuous effort throughout everything that you do from the moment you started, you know, till the day you close your doors. Right. When we're talking and and thinking about accessibility um, as a whole, what are the, the disabilities in order to have this need of being accessible? So I think when most people are thinking about disabilities, they think about being blind. Yeah. Um, that's a big one. There's a lot of other people to think about and a lot of other disabilities that we should be designing, developing, and testing for. You have uh, people with physical disabilities, including uh, quadriplegia, mm-hmm. cerebral palsy, uh, people who might not have the hand-eye coordination to use a mouse. You have uh, people with visual impairments. Uh, that includes those who are blind, but also those with low low vision or color blindness. Uh, you have people with cognitive and learning disabilities, uh, like Down syndrome or traumatic brain injury, ADD, dyslexia. And then you have people with hearing disabilities and speech disabilities. Which that covers a, a large range. I mean... I, I, you know, and in trying to make sure that it, it is inclusive. I mean, like we've, we've talked about in the past too, about diversity and equity. This is just as important as, as everything else and making sure that it is open to everybody. Um, For businesses, small startup, large how do they know that they, if they are accessible right out of the gate? And on, on a, a second question to that, how is Define Logic helping their clients right now to become accessible? It's a great question. So the best way is through user testing right. or evaluating web content based on a set of guidelines like WCAG. There are scanning tools that you can use, um, but it's not nearly enough. You know, you really need that manual test effort to see where you stand. And that's where DL comes in. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll create a plan that works best for your needs. Yeah. We will conduct a full manual audit. And then we have the UX, the design and development experts necessary to help fix those issues. So, you know, our, our goal isn't just dumping a list of bugs into your inbox. We want to get you accessible as efficiently as possible. Yeah. And we, and we want to keep you there. And then are you also working with clients and giving them like moving forward after Define Logic's able to help their clients and be a part of the embracing accessibility? Um, are there pointers or anything that you give to companies as they move forward, or is it something that they should really have somebody constantly 
whether they're on the team or whether they're outsourcing somebody to be making sure these accessibility um, measures are kept up to date. Yeah, I mean, that's part of it. That's, that's right. a goal, you know, um, when we're, we're talking about their needs and we're working on the plan, you know, it might be, we might want to work out some monitoring framework where we touch base, you know, a couple of times a year. Um, maybe you have a new release, new software release, or some new content that you're planning on releasing, you know, let's get ahead of that. We'll take a quick look at it, see where it is. And, you know, we want to keep the conversation going. Um, like I said, we don't want to just, you know, dump a list of bugs into your inbox. <laughs> you know, we, we want to, we, <laughs> we want to end up with a, a site that is accessible and we'll, we'll explain it. Yeah, we'll, we'll explain what that means and we'll keep the conversation going. That's awesome. And I, I think too, like I had mentioned before, it it probably can seem daunting to some people right out of the gate. Uh, are you guys, are you able to do or be, help companies become accessible in in like short sprints or is it really something that's an overall map that you give to a client? Where does it, where does it begin? And I guess there really isn't an ending because we need to continue to stay up to date and, and be accessible. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's going to depend on the client, right? Um, but you know, in, in planning is important because if you have a, a 50 page or hundred page website, you know, it might be in, it's going to be really tough to get through all that. So we want to prioritize, you know, what we're looking at, identify areas of the page that are, you know, uh, the most trafficked, uh, or maybe, you know, we run a quick assessment and we can, you know, determine where the majority of the issues are. Um, we could identify some prop, some really problematic pages and we could tackle those first. So that all comes out in the planning phase. You know, we, we want to, we want to build something that works. We want to, you know, figure out, what we should be attacking first and yeah. move on from there and just keep going forward. This is really great. I mean, again, so much education for me on accessibility. I know um, just with dealing with defined talent and our website and, and our digital footprint print right now, we're trying to become accessible and it is daunting. It's, it's a lot, but it's also, it's part of the plan. So it's, it's extremely important and it's a very strong uh, value, especially that Define Talent has is to be all inclusive, to make sure that we are accessible uh, for everybody and everyone. Um, so let me ask you this, what are your top five tips, Brian, for businesses, companies, individuals to embrace accessibility? Alrighty. Uh, number one, consider accessibility early on in the software development process. Okay. Companies usually underestimate how much work is involved in making a page accessible. Uh, even worse, sometimes the task is thrown on them towards the very end of the project when there isn't much time left. Right. Once you begin to see accessibility issues as bugs, you'll quickly notice how they can become costly. There's a lot of research that has shown that bugs caught earlier on end up costing less. So, you know, depending on the, the page's markup, um, some issues can't always be resolved by just applying like a quick fix or a, 
a band-aid to your code. Sometimes it requires like a slight redesign of your page. And if that's not noticed until after that design was coded, um, you know, that's, that's rework that can become pretty expensive. So consider accessibility early on in the process. I like that. Number two, use scanning tools, but don't stop there. Uh, we mentioned this earlier, you know, these, these automation tools, they're great, they're helpful, um, but they don't come close to catching all the issues. So you, you really need a human to manually test or, or audit the page. Number three, find a way to bring in people with firsthand experience with disabilities. I think that asking someone with a disability to test your product or your content, that provides the most valuable feedback. Number four, get into the right mindset and help your colleagues get into that mindset. So we mentioned this before, you know, because of the lawsuits and how accessibility can be thrown in at the end of the project, causing the project to go over schedule. Um, accessibility is sometimes seen as a burden, um, but that's not the case. And there's so much information on the web that shows or explains how barriers can affect people. So once you start reading up and learning, I think you'll begin to realize that this is an opportunity to become a better developer, a better designer, uh, a better product manager, and, and really help somebody out. Um, you know, I, I think it could become easy to sometimes think of web accessibility as an impediment to the design process, but again, that's, that's not the right mindset. You can still create cutting edge, visually appealing layouts uh, without excluding a whole segment of your audience. So get into that right mindset and you know, help, your, help your colleagues get there too. The fifth and last tip, I think this one's probably more for any web developers who are listening, go back and revisit HTML. So there's a lot of undergrad CS students that learn HTML first, maybe in like a web design 101 class, uh, and then quickly move on to more complicated programming languages and they don't really touch HTML again. I know that was the case with me. Um, you know, some people start their education with a developer bootcamp. Uh, they learn a specific framework and they, they skip over HTML entirely. Mm. So good HTML is vital for good web accessibility. Uh, assistive technologies like screen readers, they digest your page's markup, the HTML markup, right. um, in order to figure out what should be read aloud to the user. Now, HTML elements have spe specific um, semantics or, or meaning assigned to them. And Sometimes you'll see developers use these HTML elements for the wrong reason. So if you go back and revisit HTML, you're gonna avoid plenty of mistakes. I like all of those tips so much, Brian. I think that there's a lot that our listeners can take away with that. And even on the, the developer side, going back to HTML, I mean, so many clients that I'm working with that are, are looking for people that have the accessibility experience. You're right. It's the HTML, the JavaScript, the CSS. That's the the main aspect of it. So it's it's great that 
at least we know where to start. Um, and do you have any suggestions for individuals that if they want to go back and learn or if they want to take some accessibility courses, where would somebody go for that? There are a lot of free courses on the W3C site. Okay, great. That's a great starting point. And, you know, as I mentioned, it's uh, for, for developers, it's, yeah. it's about getting back to the basics. Okay. Um, usually an accessibility issue. It's, it's not about designing or just something like that. It's, it's usually about, to... you know, just using the right HTML elements out of the gate, um, not throwing up any barriers. So it's back to the basics. So I know there's a lot of, you know, great classes on HTML just okay. to, just to go in and just sort of, um, so, you know, there, W3C has a lot of really good classes uh, for, for everyone in the organization, whether you're a product owner or manager, um, all the way down to a developer. So that's, that's good to know too. I mean, again, there's so much opportunity for as a designer or management or developers to go back and learn something to expand their toolkit too. So it, it's just something that adds, adds value to them I know for myself in recruiting, we're heavily, anybody with accessibility experience um, is always, it's always an added value for a lot of our clients right now when we're recruiting for, whether it's tech, creative, even sales, understanding it on that aspect of it. So that's awesome. I'm glad to hear are, that. It's, yeah. That's sought after. Yeah. It's a good thing. Definitely. Definitely. Well, you guys, thank you so much for joining us today. Very exciting to kind of dig into the nitty gritty of accessibility. I really appreciate you guys taking some time out of your day to join us at Top 5. Thank Thanks you so much. much for having us. We are Define Talent, a Define Logic service coming to you at Top 5. Make it a great day. <laughs>